hour of care. And what that extra hour is, is they walk the entire job site and work zone areas. And if they miss something or drop something or left something, they're cleaning up maybe out in the yard, a piece of plastic flew across, right? That we dropped and we didn't see. Because everybody at the end of the day is what? In a hurry to go home. Yep, that's right. But I'm going to pay my guys for an extra hour of work every day to ensure that when we leave that job site, not only does the customer understand what we got accomplished that day, but we're walking the property. We're looking for sawdust that we might have been cutting, maybe some wood chip blocks off of the, the back table that fell into their yard or inside their garage, wherever we were cutting at, right? Mm-hmm. So it's vitally important that we're setting the bar up here as we're kicking off our reconstruction zone. And I know a lot of people had discussion this week about MIT versus recon, right? Yeah. And but I have gotten so much extra remodel work in spare bedrooms because the customer goes, Hey, by the way, I know you're doing this room and this room. What if I paid you extra to just go ahead and remove the carpet in here and lay the flooring in there when you're done? Yep. Cause you've shown I mean, I, them that they're all, you've already given them the value. You've shown them such a big value. They're right. Like, oh, well, whatever I have them do, I know that they're going to go above and beyond. It's I'm going to pay. I, I'm I'm more than willing to pay this because I know the value is that plus. I think it's genius. Yeah, I mean, we've the last three projects we've had, we've had add-on services, mm-hmm. right? Just from them wanting extra work, whether it's just painting the tr- repainting all the trim in their house. Yep. Right. Like we're only working in a bathroom and a bedroom and they go, Hey, what if we paid you out of pocket? We know the insurance ain't going to pay this, but we want to redo our trim. So I'm already there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times they want to carry that floor maybe through to a spare office instead of what they had there. Right. Yeah. So well I'm already there. Yeah. Here's the extra cost. It's we're going to do the same work as we've already got to order the floor. Anyway, we're just going to order extra and here's the difference. Right. Here's what insurance isn't covering. It's going to cost you an extra thousand dollars. Okay, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to keep my guys busy and give that extra value service right off the bat. And it's just been amazing. Just the workload that we've had. You're just picking up. You're just picking up the dollars that are sitting there on the ground anyway. Right. So, right. I love it. I love it. All right. We're we're three. What minutes I like about time. it is it's kind of like the Nordstrom of of this space. It's kind of becoming this high-end provider just by providing these little tiny extra touches that, you know, they cost a little bit of money, but in the relative scheme of things, it doesn't. Who's on there talking? I don't see anybody's mouth moving. Who was that? That was Ron McKay. Ron McKay. No, look at, look at the Nordstrom mitigation. There's like Ron. I, really I don't like see your video. You, you, you blanked out your video. But hey, listen. Well, it's kind of dumb. It's like when I use it in my car play, it does that when I talk. It's really frustrating. So we also got an iPod yesterday, right? We ordered the Bluetooth disc laser mumbo jumbo Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. type laser blade thing for sketching. So that's coming in tomorrow, right? Nice. So 
I've already started playing around with it, you know, and, and all I use exactly before is scoping and just getting the basics done. Right. Because mm-hmm. I do everything in QuickBooks. Matter of fact, this week was it earlier this week. Oh, last week, adjuster looked at my QuickBooks on site, my invoice that I had just gave the customer. He looked it over he went through it. He just kind of said, Hey, I just need to you know, go through this with you. I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's my invoice. He looked at a couple things that he just wanted to know why I was charging what I was charging. I explained it to him. I said, and he said, okay, I'm just going to cut a check to the homeowner. Didn't question anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Why would he? You gave him all his answers. Didn't get anything to cut. All right, let's get this thing rolling, folks. Mr. Bob Timmel's in the house. It's good to see. Yeah, Can Rob, I interject uh, real quick? Yeah, man. Yeah, hey, I don't know if this helps, Stephen, but you're doing the remodeling as well as the mitigation. And some of my construction clients, what they're doing now is when the client says, hey, add that, you know, change this wall or whatever, they're going into house, which is a social media for like remodelers. And they've got a little app called By Design. H-O-U-Z. H-O-U-Z-Z, I think. And uh, anyway, what they're doing is they're drawing it out for the client and then printing it and then having them sign off to cover themselves and adding is an addendum. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that helps you, but that's what they're doing. And, and the client really likes it because they're like, oh, this gives me control. And they can draw stuff up. But then you've got everything drawn out in writing and they sign off. Anyway, I hope that. Using it as a no, I'll, I'll definitely have to look into that. I mean, all I've been doing lately is just stick figures on paper and just put a smiley face on it and they circle which one they want. <laughs> hey man, whatever works, I can't argue with what works. Circle yes, circle no. I love it. Well, we're going to rock and roll. Looks like uh, Dylan and Bob are in the house. Good to see those guys. Um, I hit record already, so it's, it's going to be a little bit weird on the replay, but welcome, welcome, welcome to the Restoration Round. Restoration Rebel Roundtable for July 31st, 2018. I cannot believe it's already August tomorrow. So before we get going, we always read the Rebel Commitments as we agreed to them, I think, I believe. Uh, In order to maintain clarity of purpose, we ask that every member of the Rebel community make the following commitments. Commitment number one, I will protect the value of my services I will never provide free services as this would only serve to erode the value of similar services industry-wide. Commitment number two, I will practice incredible transparency. I think uh, Ardeno is doing a really good job of that right now. I will explain our processes in detail to my clients. I'll never hide details or manipulate reports. I will never communicate with the third party without also communicating with my client. Commitment number three, I do not believe in competition. The restoration professionals in my market are part of my community. I will be an active member of that community. It is our unbreakable unity that will create the change that we strive for. Commitment number four, I'm willing to walk away from any project, client, or contract that is not compatible with my values and stated mission. Good business does not require us to give up money, sleep, or our humanity. Uh, I got a great email today from somebody who I've never spoken to before in my life. Uh, But they had a, uh, they sent me an email today from Canada. It was a Canuck. And uh, he said, you know, I just, for no other reason except for I want to make sure that you know that what you and the rebels are doing is working and it's positive and we believe in it. 
So that's, that, that goes to not just me, that goes to us. We are making an impact. This person in Toronto stood up and noticed and, and noticed in such a way that they felt compelled to reach out to me and tell them that they, that they noticed. So we, we are doing this. It might be painful at times. It might be frustrating at times, but it's working. We got to stay the course. The tide is rising and the boats are starting to float a little bit higher in the harbor. And we've got nothing, nobody but ourselves to thank because we have come together and started to do, do things that are, that are really starting to move the needle. Uh, we had some good conversations in the group this week. You want to start there, Mr. Clark Brown, you, uh, and then we can backfill. Wait, yeah, no, uh, I think hard. Derek, you've been here before. No, maybe yes. There's a you're muted. So there we go. I've never part of. I've watched on Facebook. Never part of this. Ah, see, so you didn't know what you're getting yourself into. Now you're a first timer. So Derek Anderson, where are you from? What are you doing? And uh, how'd you find the group? Um, I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah. Um, I actually uh, met Tim Fuller for the first time today. He uh, did a mitigation job, and we're going to be working on the recon side of it for him. here, more local in our area. He is about an hour east of us. So, well done, Mr. Uh, Fuller. Fun. Hi, Tim. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm good. And then um, uh, what we're doing. So how, oh, how did I find about the a fellow rebel in my market, uh, Ryan Penny, owner of Disaster Response, turned me on to you guys back early in the year. Um, kind of my story is I'm, I'm a general contractor. I've never done a mitigation job in my life. And uh, so I do recon. I got three uh, large lost fires that we're doing right now and uh, a couple other smaller stuff. Uh, but I've had I've so much value in uh, just watching the – feed and uh, uh, interacting with some of the other guys here and I've had questions that I've need answered answered and uh, yeah, I've learned a ton and I'm just really thankful for the opportunity to be a part of it. Good. Good man. Thanks for being here. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I'm going to meet you again so we don't get feedback. Um, Grand Rapids, Michigan. We are truly international. We are in Grand Rapids now. So that's... <laughs> That's a bonus. Tim, it's been a while since we saw your smiling face. How you doing, man? Hey, buddy. How are you? Hey, uh, my phone is about to die, but I was, just, I was just looking at the link on Facebook for a minute, and I got a quick little um, side note to what Steve was talking about, if you got time for me before my phone shuts well, off on us. You, you painted me into a corner. Go ahead. <laughs> so, Steve, you were talking about the upsells on the client. And I just want to remind everybody that there is a certain, let's call it cost of acquisition for all our clients, right? Whether that's um, Angie's List or Home Advisor, 33 Mile Radius, or even just organic, there's a, certain, there's a certain cost that we incur to get that client the first time. And everybody should, I mean, we've talked about this many times before, right? I think the article I just wrote talked about client acquisition costs. Yeah, and everybody should know what their client acquisition cost is. They should know when they get it when they get a call through Angie's list or even if let's let's even for the sake of argument say that it's an organic call, there's still a cost associated with that, right? So mm -hmm. every client that we get, 
it costs us money just to pick up the phone and say, hello, how can we help you? There's a cost to get to that point, whether it's a lead service or a Google or whatever it is. Or a plumber. So, yes. Right. So whatever, whatever it is, there's a cost for that. So what everybody needs to keep in mind is not, not only the upsell while we're there, but getting the client the first time is the hardest time. Mm-hmm. Once we've got them as a client, you want to keep them as a client because although they may not have a disaster again or um, maybe never need emergency services like that again, they're going to need painting or they're going to need a new roof or they're going to want flooring or new cabinets or any of these other things down the road. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we actually have postcards and we drip postcards to them. So the first nice. postcard that we drip to them is usually a couple of weeks after we're all done. And it's, it's a giant green postcard with our logo on it. And it just on the front, all it says is thank you. And then on the back, there's a little quip that basically says, we're glad that you counted on us during your time of need. And, and we were, um, you know, basically we were happy to, to help you in your time of need. But we hope we've earned your business for everything going forward. And we want to be your go-to people. And And do you give them, do you ever give them an option of, you know, kind of giving them ideas? So what we do is we have a drip schedule set with all of our clients. So the first one, I kind of start manually, you know, I, I'll, I'll do it. Um, yep. It's kind of like that. Um, so I, I just, I, I sign it myself. I send it off. No and then, cards. Nah, I wouldn't do yep. That. Well, and another thing that we try to do is whenever possible, when we're working at a house and we find out, Hey, it's the, the homeowner's birthday or, Hey, they're going to be gone today because it's their anniversary. We take those little notes and then we put them, we put it in their file. Um, so later on down the road, imagine how powerful that is a year from now when all of a sudden they get a happy anniversary card from us and we put our name back in front of them. Yeah. So anyway, we have what I call a drip schedule where we're constantly dripping things to them over the next 18 months or 24 months. Um, every, the, the first ones are a little bit more frequently. Like the first one is a thank you. And then I think the second one, is a if you ever have a warranty problem or a question something like that and then the third one um i think the third one is a postcard something about um if we you know if we treated you well and you were happy with us your neighbors would be too share this card with your neighbor and then the next one after that is something about we know you've been thinking about a new roof or we know you've been thinking about a kitchen and a bathroom why don't you call us today remember how happy you were with us you know six months ago. So it's important to drip these little cards to them constantly. And we just have them printed up by uh, Vistaprint. Um, And it's really easy to do it with Vistaprint. And then you can order a thousand of them for what? $7 or some ridiculous cards. Now that's the ones I was showing you. They sent me some for free. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So my point is that everybody has a cost of customer acquisition, right? Every, every customer costs us X number of dollars to get. And depending on where they come from, um, that number is probably going to be different depending on what source the customer came from. But once we get them as a customer, not only do we want to upsell them now and get the extra work now, 
but we need to drip to them for the next 24 months and get all their future stuff too. We want to build because, a lifetime value with that client. Right, because the cost of customer acquisition's already been overcome. Yep. You've already got them as a customer. A so you want to keep them yep. you want to keep them as a customer. So Absolutely. I I would I would just as my my the only takeaway I have for you guys on this is that don't be too short-sighted and look at today and what can we sell them today because today they're your customer and you need to keep them your customer. Yes. So find a way to do that so that you know, you, once you've already overcome the expense once to keep them a customer, you know, they say it's what, 10 times harder to get one customer than it is to keep 10 customers or something like, like there's a, there's a saying or a formula for there's that. A but, formula in there somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So once you've, once you've got them as a customer, keep them and they may not need mitigation service or emergency services again, but they will need something sooner or later. They'll need so, something. If, even if it's just a referral, you know how many even, times I sense they say, I can't, you, I don't know if you can help me with this, but I need X. And I'm like, you're right. I can't help you, but I know a person. I know a guy. I got a guy. Exactly. That yep. can be more valuable sometimes to somebody than, than anything else. Yeah, well, but know, those but those referrals are even better because you're, you, you're starting the cycle all over again with somebody new, but your cost of customer acquisition for getting a friend referral is rock bottom, right? Doesn't cost you much of anything for a friend to refer you. Yeah. It's our costs come from pay-per-click and Google and all these other services that we all use. Um, so the, the, again, even if, even if they're referring it to somebody else, you're turning them into your referral source. So your cost of customer acquisition is now the cost of your stupid little postcard, whatever it is, four cents or something in in a stamp. So anyway, that was my only point that I wanted to make real quick before I got, um, before I got shut off and lost my signal here. But um, yeah, just uh, interject. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, this is uh, Ron and and I, I think this is excellent. Um, you know, coming from a digital marketing guy, it probably seems weird, but you know, one of the things that's a really <laughs> unique opportunity right now, guys, is people have automated everything, which is really cool. But the thing that's the opportunity, along with the digital stuff, is to do the old school traditional stuff like he's talking about, because people aren't making the effort anymore, and no, so it no. actually sticks out. It sticks out, and I mean, I you know, as a marketing person for companies, I ask companies to do this kind of stuff, and I can never ever get them to do it, even though I know it works. And uh, so this is just excellent. And you know, uh, my dad, right, was one of the top sales guys for Allstate uh, in the U.S. during his career. Like he was number ten in the world in in the U.S., Mm -hmm. which you know. He was in Coos Bay, Oregon, which is a town of 14,000 people, right? But he was number 10 in the entire U.S. And it was employing these techniques. And I have another uncle who's passed, but he he was selling 15 cars a month. And it things about having the and being top of mind. And then from an advertising point of view, you're spending all this money to be top of mind with people. Well, this is far less expensive, and on all types of promotion, you have to get through a, a certain amount of impressions for any consumer to do anything. 
And this also blows through those impressions so that yep. when something happens, you get the referral and things like that. Anyway, that's all I had to say. Exactly. Well, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys know, but there is a company out there that does this. And I signed up with them. It's called Send Gym. And I, I'm sure a lot of you have used it, but I signed up for them like two, maybe two, three years ago. And I, and I ran with Send Gym for a while. And then after a while, I just thought, you know, I can do it just as easy myself. So we just got ourselves on a schedule and just started doing it. But, you know, I, I can't take credit for it because that's their whole system is built around that, this exact model. Um, and uh, Joshua Latimer is the guy's name. He's a great guy. And it just, it just after time just turned out to be not, not anything I could, we couldn't just do ourselves. So that's, that's where the idea came from and it's all automated with them. Um, but again, I, I can, I can set a stack of postcards out and put stamps on them and kick them in the mail just as easy. So, um, but it, it does work. Um, again, my point is it's great to do the upsells now, but, um, that, that, that may dilute your costs of customer acquisition a little bit, make it, you know, make it the job a little bit more profitable since you're already there, but don't lose sight of the fact that today they're your customer. And when you leave, you want them to still be your customer. Still so your customer. Exactly. we get, we get so wrapped up in taking care of the business now and shipping the claim down the road, right? That we lose track of the fact that these are people that like us. And these are people that liked our work. And these are people who would hire us to do other things, non-insurance related or non-disaster related. But a lot of, to be honest, a lot of our customers don't even realize we do a lot of other things until we tell them. Exactly. And, and I think, and, I think that's where the franchise model breaks down. That's where the, the TPA model breaks down because in the TPA world, uh, the, the client, the homeowner is not the client. The homeowner is just this thing we've got to do to get to the yep. next thing we've got to do. And there is no lifetime value beyond the first response in that world. And that's where we have a distinct advantage. We have a different mentality of, Oh, you know, these are human beings. They're going to live longer than our third day of drying that we're allowed. Um, let's think about that. Let's, let's think about that. They're already in our funnel. They're already in our CRM. They're already this, already that. Uh, Steven, you had a couple great questions. One, what's a drip drip campaign? Okay. Well, I'll tell you, if you've ever bought anything from me or claims delegates, you got a series of five emails right after you bought it. That's a drip campaign. And they're scheduled. But they're all set up at once. They're all set up at the same time. And you plan your, it's planned communication at the, at the base level. It's what do you want to say? When do you want to say it? And then you just automate. You find a way to automate it. And sometimes that automation is just simply a, a, you know, some writing on a calendar on the wall. That can be a drip schedule, but day one, you say, I, every single client, I want to send them a communication 10 days after we're done with the job. So you're done with the job, that's when that calendar gets marked. Or in my system, it's just automatic, you know, automatic. So that's a drip campaign. Plan your communication, plan your scheduling, plan what you want to say. And then yeah, you want to drip them messages like every week or every two weeks for the next six months or maybe once every three weeks. So you're just dripping little, little bits of message to them, you know, little, little bits of information every so often. Yeah. Okay. So let's get through Steven's questions. And, and then uh, Clark, I know you had something to say, and then we just had 
we had, where, where's he at? Where'd you go? Mr. Joe was raising his hand in the waiting room. That's how, that's how eager Joe is to have something to say here. Okay. There's a drip. Can oh, how do I calculate that? Well, right now, Stephen, you know, you're doing PPC. So every job, you know, comes from PPC in a month. You divide the, the value of those, the number of those jobs, the number of jobs you actually close in a month from PPC versus what you paid on your PPC campaign. That's easy math. Where it gets complicated is the organic stuff uh, of this, a friend of a friend that, uh, how'd you hear from us? Oh, well, my neighbor, you know, so-and-so. That, that your cost of acquisition there is very hard to, to calculate, yeah. but a PPC world, that cost of acquisition is very easy to, to calculate. Um, and, and in the TPA world, your cost of acquisition, all right, we'll take you the amount of money you spent in fees and divide that by the number of jobs you got that month. There's your cost of acquisition. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's freaking high. But that's just me. That's just, Okay, Clark, go ahead, man. I don't see Joe. Oh, there's Joe. Joe, man, looking like he shaved or something. He's like losing weight or something. Wow. Kind of like 10 pounds down or something. Went for a run this morning. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I love you, man. All right, Clark, what's up? Um, okay, so on that topic, you know, Tim, that, that's amazing, Tim. I'm so glad we're recording this, and I'm glad it's going to go to Facebook group. Um, there is a – but one comment here, and, and I know a lot of people are writing this down and – even Steven, I don't want to pick on you here. It says starting to implement tomorrow. Well, I want to point out that the very reason that we have to do drip campaigns to our clients is because their attention span is this big mm -hmm. and they forget us immediately. Because especially during a disaster, especially then, but we are a service. We're something they had to have, not something they wanted to have. And, it, and we do this drip. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a technique. It's a tactic to stay in their head that X number of times. And, and I want to pick on just Steven because he probably, everyone says they're going to start this new thing tomorrow. But Steven, I bet if I had to guess, and I'm only picking on you, and this is me and everybody else, we all take on new topics and new subjects before we perfected the other ones that we said we would start and do. So put this on your calendar to start it in October or December and, and work on what's, you're already halfway through what your team can follow you then because once you when you do new stuff every week and every week is a new idea you lose the energy of people saying ah oh, we just now just got started on this other thing and i think that i'm a big person of three things you know pick three things for 60 days whatever you're capable of and just get amazing stupid where it becomes muscle memory becomes a habit becomes a a part of your business and everybody does and then go on to the next thing and then come back and revisit. But what you'll find is, is it's easier to bite this elephant when you're over here cutting off one little bite and chewing it, enjoying your meal instead of sitting here cramming it in your face. Yeah. You've got to uh, get good at what you're doing before you start the next thing. Well, and, listen, yeah. I listen. I, I, I read the book about Arnold Schwarzenegger. He didn't just say, hey, I want to be the biggest freaking dude ever to come out of Austria. He'd go in for a couple of days and work on arms and he would keep at it and he'd work on shoulders until one day he started to see a difference. And he started getting, he couldn't just do everything or else it would have taken him 20 years to get that arm big. He had to work on parts of his body that were symmetrical. So I just think that we all, we all have an attention span of this big. 
the amount of inner, 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 uh, information coming from just this group is overwhelming sometimes. We, we, we see good ideas. We see results that we think we want to have, and we can have them, but we don't necessarily need them tomorrow. Um, I was talking to someone else earlier, so I just wanted to touch on that for a minute. Um, yeah, Andy, this, this week has been, I want to say actually the last two or three weeks, we've, something has happened and we've crossed over into a, a new arena. I don't know what's happening. It's really kind of happened organic, but it's a different feel. We're on a good vibe right now. The group, I mean, there's a lot of really, really good, like from new people, Mm -hmm. good questions that are causing great, uh, discussions great information that are coming out of everything results from things that we talked about last year. And I just think organically, and I can't tell you over the last five or six days, I've talked to four or five people, never heard from them. And they just say, I watch everything y'all do in the group. Yeah. It's, it's, there are so many people that just don't necessarily have time or have something to say. So, um, but I just think we're on a really, really, really big high this week. And some of the highlights were we made some new um, admins, um, specific admins with specific. Hello, Tim, Tim Fuller's daughter. Um, Frank Kinmoth, he reached out and said, you know, and I didn't know who he was. He works for Serum Systems, but he's not going to be selling Serum Systems here. That's not what he said. He goes, I've been in this business a long time. I love the mentorship. And the problem was, is when you weren't an admin, you actually couldn't see everything that it does. Mm. And once, once I started looking and said, wow, this is, you can formulate the questions so that you can attract people that want to mentor in a certain area or to think that they can, or a mentee that says, I'm weak in an area of drip campaigns. Well, now that gives people the visibility to say, these two people would go together. So right. Frank says, Frank's kind of educator anyway. He's always done classes and courses. He said, I would like to take that on. I would like that to be my thing with, you know, with everybody's, you know, a permission and oversight and collaboration. So, so that was great. I was like, that's just, you know, that's something that Andy and I and Joe and Jonathan and everybody else, we've wanted to launch it, but how much time do we have? Right. And, and we weren't yeah. being, we weren't being great at delegating that. So, and then we made Jeremy Newman and um, Newman, Don, Newman and Don Nayoff. Is it Nayoff or Nayoff? I don't know. Um, they're going to be admins, you know, specifically on admitting new members in. Um, we used to have people that had that role, but their 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 company took a turn and they're trying to do something new, which is incredible for them. I want to hear from him, by the way. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. but pe- mm-hmm. but people, so we just need to, but what the point is, is we're picking up so many new members and they're just sitting there waiting to get in because they're told by, who said this earlier? Um, uh, Derek, right? Derek, you were told about this group. Well, you end up sitting here holding and sitting in this holding pattern for five days. You know what you can miss in five days on this group? A money-making idea sometimes, right? So it's important to be, if people have the, if we have their attention, like Tim says, for a moment, let's capitalize on that and get them in, welcome the right way, blah, blah, blah. So those are some new things. And then couldn't even begin to tell you all the different great subjects in the in the, in the, the talks this week um i've been i've been talk about Rytech today not okay. specifically but i want to talk about third party evaluators but anyway sorry. they suck they suck <laughs> in the discussion 
and discussion. Well, listen, I, yeah, it's, it's one thing to know if you're getting a call from an adjuster and they say, Hey, will you take a look at this? And you just think you're doing it for the adjuster for a relationship. But when you target and say, I'm going to smash other contractors off of doing the same thing that I would be doing. Well, like, uh, like who was it? Um, was it Steven that you post? No, Timothy, Timothy posted up a third party evaluation for a big loss and, they had no dehumidifiers in that yeah. job. Somehow that they were going to dry this job without a dehumidifier. I still want to know how they're going to do that. You. I, I, I love to see you. It. Hey, and, Joe, and, you were raising your hand when you came. I'm sorry, Clark. You, I, I just turned off. I'm a big jerk today. Joe, do you have something to say? You were raising your hand in the waiting room. You're just trying to get our attention. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we've kind of been talking about a couple of things, but uh, briefly – uh, to the whole like review process. I had a very large loss, almost a million dollar mitigation. I had a national company, I'll leave them nameless, who was brought in to audit or to review the file. And um, they stated that uh, we did not need the uh, 3,200 some air movers that we had on this loss. They said, you do not need 3,000 air movers. You in had fact, 3,200 air movers? Yeah, it was a very large facility cut up like nobody's business. And um, they're like, you don't need air movers. That's ridiculous. Like, you don't need any. Like, we don't use air movers. Like, zero. So they put, they put in a report, a report, we don't need air movers. You don't need air movers. We don't use air movers. Like them, right? So they said this, and I was like, that was probably the dumbest thing anybody could put in writing. So I went right to their website. And I just started screenshotting the shit out of it, right? Every freaking picture of mitigation had air movers in it. There's an air mover. <laughs> There's air movers in all their marketing material. And I just politely responded to that email with like 32 pictures of air movers. I said, at this point, this third-party reviewer clearly uh, is not in a position to um, any way, shape, or form to, to review this. Um, and that was it, right? But I'm the third-party review. Um, I, I just I haven't even gotten to that point on any jobs. I, I'll tell you why. Because we send them a paid invoice. <laughs> yeah. Like, here's the paid invoice. Here's the documentation. Like, the carrier at that point really is not going to mess around with a third-party reviewer. Um, they're just not. They're, they're clearly dealing with an incurred cost. And that's a really big um, – that's a big thing that a lot of restorers still don't understand. The policy owes for incurred cost. The whole process of review is – it was created to – truly cut the bill originally when we had guys in our industry that were cowboys who were charging for five pieces of equipment that really only had two like so there were some really bad apples that kind of put this on us mm-hmm. on our whole industry oh, sure, sure. but now the carriers just run with it right yeah, um that was my two cents on the whole like third party yeah, I, don't review thing. I don't know if it's the carriers per se i think it's it's the tpas and the managed repair mentality of we've got to find we've got to find that 10 percent that we promised we would save the carriers. Well, so I actually think, I don't think it's the TPAs. I actually think it's wannabe contractors that couldn't make it, no different than building inspectors, who are like, oh, yeah, no, we know all the tricks. Yeah, no, we can, and they just went to the other side of the fence, right? Ooh. Instead of trying to market oh, to the man. customer, they just went to the carrier and said, no, 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 we can, we can make a business if we just service the carrier, right? Like all the engineering firms in North America, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. Who's lower, a contractor that couldn't be a contractor who became a consultant 
or became an, a patsy for the insurance company? Who's lower on the totem pole? <laughs> well, the pat, the patsy, the, the patsy, patsy for Come sure. Um, listen, some guys just get burnt out. Listen, I, I I consulted for a long time, and that was only because I got burnt out from the day to day grind of, of the nonsense, right? So, um, yeah, I know, I'm kidding, but. Um, right. So, so back, but I want to go back though, right. To the original conversation that Stephen was talking about, about, you know, drip marketing and, and the whole conversation tonight about organic, uh, work versus TPA work. What are the real costs? How does this actually work? I'm going to share you guys a, a secret and I don't, I don't do this normally because I'm not the guy to say, Oh, look at my big job. And like, I don't put that stuff in our thread. Um, if I did, you guys would probably kick me out because I, I have constant large projects going on all the time. So I, I'm just not that guy to like put that out there any any way, shape, or form. So, but here's what we do, right? Like I'm not on any TPA programs. I don't get work from agents, adjusters. I don't get work from plumbers. That's right, plumbers. I don't even waste my time with them. Um, I get I get I get jobs organically in the easiest way, and it doesn't cost me anything. So right now in Metro Detroit, we are doing a um, a very very large multi million dollar home uh, roof that was a claim. Um, it's a very, very large claim based on the size of the roof. And this is what we do. So the day we're starting the job, right? The crews are all there. The materials are all there. We go around and we talk to the five homeowners immediately around them, right? Like traditionally it used to be called the five around. So you may have like a, a door hanger and you'd go put a door hanger on the five customers, uh, uh, you know, around you. Now, granted, if it's a mitigation, obviously, unless it's a cat event, like, you're not doing a five-round because Mrs. Jones doesn't have a fridge leak next door, right? Like, that doesn't work. <laughs> not yet. But, but if you have retail services or if you're in a cat situation, a five-round is phenomenal. And we practice it so efficiently, and here's what we do. So we're about to do this retail roof, and um, we go knock on the five neighbors' doors. Well, this is, this is how we do it. Hey, Mrs. Jones, we're doing the roof at the Johnson's next door, and uh, here's my card. I just want to let you know that in case there's any debris or wrappers that fly around because of the wind and end up in your yard, there's my card, my cell phone, personal cell phone. Please just give me a call. I'll send someone over right away to pick it up. I just don't want to be a nuisance to you. Mm. Listen, I didn't ask for the fucking business. I didn't give them my card. I didn't, I didn't sell them shit, right? All I did was say, hey, listen, genuinely, I'm offering you a value of service by saying, hey, uh, you know, if something happens, just let me know. We'll take care of it. And you know what happens if I'm able to talk to the customer? And, and, and like, it actually starts to turn into a conversation. You know what they ask for? They ask for, they ask for an estimate. Mm. They ask for an inspection. And you look and so, at my roof? Yeah. So today, right? Because by the way, when you go into a subdivision regarding roofing, if you're replacing one roof, traditionally the builders put them all at the same time. Like they're all starting to go blah, 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 blah. So we're doing this really big roof. The car customer is ecstatic. The show is on, right? Like all the protection, all the tarps, all the plywood. Like it's, it's for real. It's legit. It looks very good. We got two out of the five neighbors that we were able to make communication with to invite us, ask us to give them an estimate. And then here's, this is the best part. Right when they ask for that, you know what I tell them? I say, oh, oh, I, I, yeah, I can do that for you. But, you know, Mrs. Mrs. Jones, I, I just have to warn you, though, we're actually the most expensive roofer in Metro Detroit. Like, we're, we're really, really, really expensive. I mean, I'll be more than glad to give you a quote. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, you're doing John's house, right? Like, it's a million-dollar house. Ours is a million dollars. Like, like, no, they start telling shit and stuff to me like, oh, we can afford it. We, we can afford it. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, 
Okay. You're, you're making them qualify themselves. Exactly. And here's That's the best true. part. No pay-per-click, no AdWords, no marketing. Listen, a business card, business card, like five cents. Ours are a little bit more, but you get the gist, right? And, and that's organic. So, and how do we track that? We track that. That's called our five around category. So if a customer comes to us because of that, like we're tracking that. We ask where our customers heard of us. You saw a yard sign. You saw this. You saw that. And then we create customer cheerleaders. Like this isn't my idea. Like I didn't create this thought. This is everybody's. This stuff's been out there for decades, but we create cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. So when we're done with the job, we sit down with the customer and say, listen, Mrs. Smith, we're collecting the check, right? I'm picking up the check money. All right, Mrs. Smith, listen, you're really happy. We appreciate the ability to service you. Um, would you mind just going on Facebook uh, real quick here? Let me, I'll text you the link. Uh, would you mind just going on right now and just giving us a review? Oh, absolutely. I'll do it right now. And I don't fucking leave, right? Like I'm sitting at the counter like, cool. Like do you need help spell checking that shit? Because I will. And, and I make sure that they do it and they become customer cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the best part. Un, uncoached, a week later, two weeks later, in their own social media world, all of a sudden pops up an alert on my phone. Susie Smith recommended you to Mrs. Jones. Hey, these are the best guys. Call them for your whatever. Uh, oh, they're actually actively referring. Actively referring because we built a relationship. Nice. Right? Like we didn't just come in, take the money, pounce, have a nice day. When you... When you get a customer to write, and guys, feel free to go to my Facebook page and read the fucking reviews. Like, they're not like one sentence things. These are like little novels, okay? Like, when you get a customer to commit to that level, okay, they, they become your cheerleader. So now I've got a cheerleader, right? Back to the drip campaign. We've automated our process through um, uh, Zapier. So our, nice, right? So our, um, what happens with us? Jason was asking. That's, a, that's mead. It is me. It's not a beer. After, after we've serviced the customer, let's say we did a residential roof, right? But we really want them to know that we are an emergency service provider. We do restoration, et cetera. This is what happens. We start to give them information. Information. We start, to, we start to educate them. We start to position ourselves as the expert for that particular vertical or category and it happens automatically. So this didn't happen overnight. Like we spent a good amount of time writing, like writing content. But here's here's the best part. I didn't write shit. You know what I did? I went to the university in the in our area, and I went to the English department, and I said, "Hey, listen, I'm looking for like some college kids who are looking to like make some side money." And the professor's like, "Yeah, all thirty of these girls in this class would love that." And you know what I do? I pay by the paragraph, basically. Hmm. And I get college girls who got like English on the mind. So the grammar, the punctuation, the, the format, it's perfect, right? Nothing I could do because I'm like, I can't even fucking spell. So yeah, I can, I, I, yeah, I can't spell. <laughs> Double check all my shit. So I had all these college girls at one point just writing. I'd give them the, the, the context and they'd write it. Here's 10 bucks. Thank you. You want to write another one? Here's another 10 bucks. So I got all this content wrote and we, the, the, our customers automatically get a campaign back from us and we utilize our Google um, G Suite for that. So if we go to a job and the job is completed and let's just say it was roofing, but I want to market water damage to them like really heavily. So we have like two, maybe 300 different like paragraphs about water damage tips and things like that for your home. They happen automatically when we're done with the job and we close it out 
and our calendar, it says job closed. As soon as that says job closed to that contact that's in our database, that automatically is set up now to trigger where that customer gets whatever content we choose that we've selected. And we'll just go mm -hmm. through and select. And then every three or four days, they get content from us now. But here's the thing. We got away from emails. So we no longer send emails to any customers for drip campaigns. So how I you refuse, all through text. Text. You're sending, you're sending URL links through text message. Yep. Wow. That live that live on our site. But more importantly, it's not just a link, right? So there's like there's like a there's like a, a sentence, like like three lines of like like a, mm, like a little, uh, right? Uh, like a little hook, right? Yeah. And and then they click on the link. And our click-through rate on that is 10 times whatever email ever was. Of course like just astronomic, right? Because it's instant. People ignore email. It's too easy to ignore. Right. It's um, too easy to ignore. So we do that. And then here's what happens with that drip campaign. We're only marketing services that we haven't given them. So we're not talking about roofing because that's falling on dead ears. They just spent 20 grand. They're not looking for that. And so we focus that content. Now, to Clark's point, right? Like, I wish I would have started doing this a long time ago, but I did. And I focused on other things for the business. We didn't start folks on drip campaigns until about two and a half years ago, three years ago. And, and now we're seeing the fruits from that. But it's a, it's, listen, it's long game. This isn't a short game. Drip campaign is long. Yeah. It's constantly long because none of us in this industry on this webinar that are going to watch and listen to this one, none of us have a product, a widget that we sell. Like that's just not what we have, right? Like service. we have a service. service. So the customer has to get turned on for that service. They have to need that service. So our goal through the drip campaign is just to stay omnipresent. We want to be relevant and constant in their mind. So all of a sudden when something does happen, they're like, oh, dude, just call Manly. They got that stuff taken care of. So Jason's think about gonna, that. Jason's got a great, great question. How do you track your customers clicking on your link if it's in a text? I don't know that you have to. Well, no, we do, though. You do. So you actually, you can track who clicked yes. on that link in a text? Yes. Yeah. So, so here's what it is, right? It's their IP address to their device. So every device has an, has, is using an IP address to connect to the Internet, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and they could be their office. It could be whatever. We're tracking that IP address, and then we're on the back end. It's pulling an actual geo location, like a like an actual address. Sometimes mm -hmm. it matches up with our customers. Sometimes our customers are opening up what we believe at their office, yeah. and so it's just like that. We've never had that address, so whatever. But yeah, we're 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 tracking it that way, and we're seeing that if we put out a hundred of these in a month per se, we're actually seeing like okay, sixty two were open, right? And si you know, so once yeah. sixty two are open, but here's the thing: so we're using our our Facebook Pixel. So this all starts to tie together because once they click and they go to your site, you can pixel them and then you can retarget them. Right. Exactly. So we're, so when they, we encourage our customers to like our page, follow our page only not because I like Facebook between all of us. I really don't like Facebook, but I like the pixel. I like the retargeting ability that it gives us. Same with Instagram. So yeah. what we end up and doing Google is we end up analytics will let you do the same thing, but it's a little bit trickier. It's different. It's not like the retargeting inside of Facebook is really phenomenal. But once we've got them and we have them in pixel and we have their profile and we just, we just keep getting that information and we keep putting it back to them. And here's what happens. So now this is the hard part and we still don't have this figured out a hundred percent. 
Mrs. Jones calls us back. So we did something for her a year ago, two years ago. She calls us now because she has another issue. Like now she has a water damage and we did her roof in the past. We go back and we see her and this is where it gets a little gray because see, we've spent time, not money by the way, because our system's automated and we don't pay for that um, to market to them. But now she's there and she's like, we're, we assume, oh, she's a past customer. Like that's why they, that's why they called us. Right. Mm. And so like, it's a little bit harder. So we have to actually ask our customers when we go back and service them the second time and say, well, so we really appreciate you calling, but was there anything that like made you call us? Like we're asking that question, mm-hmm. looking for them to say, well, I got the text message or, uh, you know, you guys just did a good job. Like we're looking for something, but it's, it's really hard following up. Yeah. It's just really hard to track that. So unfortunately for us, we can't, we have nothing tangible when our existing customers call us back to know why they actually called us back, like what made them think of us. And all we can say is it was just our, our, our marketing, right? Like yeah, yeah. there's, we don't have anything, but I, I would encourage everybody, everybody that's going to watch this and listen to it, just build the relationships. There's no business that goes from zero to a million overnight. Like it just doesn't happen in our industry. So this is a long sales cycle. Like I would rather, I'd rather service less people today, spend more time with them today, building a relationship because the money I'm going to get two years, three years from that same client is way more than if I try to just get it all today. Right? Like it's a long game and, and guys, I can't stress enough. No agents, no, no adjusters, no plumbers, none of what anybody would consider conventional. We, Listen, we don't even have marketing chicks taking candy around. Like, well, we don't do that shit. Here's full disclosure. You've been at this a long time. In yeah, 23 life. years. You've got a certain amount of, of market persistence, marketing. You, you've, been, you've got a certain amount of organic stuff that's going to come to you because you've spent so much time in that market doing what you do. So some of this you can apply. Some of this, if you're just starting out in your market, brand new, some of this does not apply because you don't have the 20 years. You don't have the manly name. You don't, I mean, it, 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 there's, there's some, there's good and there's bad, but the, the gist of t- reaching out to your client and your client's neighbors and developing that relationship and, and developing a drip campaign, that works regardless, regardless. All right, Bob. Bob and Christine, I haven't heard from in ever. And, and now it looks like Christine might be doing the dishes. I'm not sure. But I want to I hear from you guys. Give us an update on, on where you guys are at, what you guys are doing, and, and why you never call, you never write. Where are you guys at? What, what's going on with, uh, with the Timmels? We are Christine, will you set him straight? Yeah. We're still going through the process of getting set up as a franchisor. Mm. But we are changing the whole mapping of the restoration world. Okay. I am not going to be anything like the other ones. We are not going to be dependent upon any insurance companies. We are going to have our own pricing, and our franchisees are going to use that pricing and use their own. Um, we are, we've got some good programs in place that 
we can get in first before any insurance companies even get notified. Is that a fire scanner I'm hearing in the background there? Yeah, there's a fire. No, I don't hear anything. <laughs> it's my own personal scanner. Um, Old habits. So so you, we've been a little busy with that. So if we're excited about it. The people that are helping us are very excited about it. They've done a couple other franchises in the past. And not, not restoration. Not the restoration they've done. And they've done a bunch of other stuff, but they've done a couple other restoration companies before. It didn't and they feel that what we have put together far outseeds what they have put together. So tell us, tell us, at what point does someone say, what, what was the tipping point for you when you guys realized, you know what, let's, let's make this, a, let's take this and, and duplicate it and franchise it versus let's just open another office somewhere. What was, what was the tipping point and, and what was that decision like? It was a combination of a lot of stuff that I had. I, I came up, and I can't go too much in detail because it's going to be part of the franchise. It's kind of sure, like sure. secret sauce. But um, we spoke to a few people, and actually it started out looking at doing a patent. And mm. uh, that quickly found out that was not the route to go because there's too many integrated parts mm. and ideas going into it that it would not work that way. So then um, someone had mentioned something about you ought to maybe look at franchising. And I said, hmm, never thought of that. So then uh, we went and started talking and actually the first conversation we had with them, the first 20 minutes, they, had, they didn't want anything to do with us. They said, no, that's, no, that's nothing. We have already got a couple restoration companies out there that we've helped and I don't see where there's anything different here. So. The more I talked, the more they understood. In about 20 minutes, the light bulb went on. It's like, wow, that's brilliant. Uh, yeah, we want this. And then they come out and they went through our books and went through everything. And they go, well, yeah, yeah, you by far have the secret sauce. You got some other stuff going for you that definitely is going to work. So that's kind of where it's at. So we're hope to be up and running within the next month wow good for you man i'm excited to see that there's one other person in the group ivan turner he's he went the other route he is running he's he's running multiple offices oh i can't remember the name of his company i'm sorry ivan if you're watching this disaster brigade disaster brigade but i don't believe they're a franchise are they correct me if i'm wrong no they're not uh, so he went, he, he made a different decision, but he was down that same road of, do I franchise this or do I, I do what I'm doing? I think he has how many offices, four or five offices now that he doesn't run. Um, but that, and I think that's the point of a franchise or not, you don't want to have to run a hundred offices eventually. You no. want you want it. So good. Um, so about a month you said, um, 30 to 60 days, okay. uh, but we're being told um, New York is one of the harder states to get set up with. Um, some of the other states are a lot easier. They, they feel that probably in that time we'll be up and running in those states. Mm. And we've been to some different meetings and stuff. And it's just, it's a whole different dynamics. When, you know, when we get there early on, we're going to explain 
what the insurance companies are going to keep coming in with. We're going to be there first before that, the way yeah. I've got set up. So, so you're explain what TPAs are. And, you're building an education, a client education platform. Correct. Yes. So all my franchisees, not only do they get the standard stuff for the IICRCs, getting their educations there, then they're going to come back to me and we're going to teach them the extra stuff mm-hmm. get in classes. I, I always felt that you get about 40% at the IICRC classes. Mm-hmm. Every 30. job and everything is different out there. Every building component can structure and how to present yourself and all that is not really well upon. So yeah. that's what we're after. Well, uh, I, I'm interested in hearing your take on this third-party evaluator thing. And here's my opinion. Okay. We go in, we do a job for a client. We sign a contract for a client to do a job. No part of that agreement, no part of that contract says we will subject ourselves to an audit of a from a party of your of your insurance company's choosing. No one no one says that. So when you get a right tech that comes in or somebody like that, I think the first first question, in my opinion, you need to ask is, where's our contract? Where in my agreement did I say I was going to subject myself to your bullshit? Correct. I mean, so what's your take on that, Bob? A third party coming in and say, oh, you didn't need air movers, Joe. You didn't need air movers, Tim Fuller. You didn't need dehumidifiers. I mean, what, what's your take on that? You're, you're 100% right. I mean, policy just to me is just a fancy word for contract. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing there says that if you ever lost, you're going to have a third party is going to come in and they're going to evaluate and determine what there is. There's nothing on my side. There's nothing on their side. So part of our documentation right now is, and Clark knows it because he's seen some of our stuff when he was up visiting. We are just every day when we go to a job site, we are picturing everything, our equipment, our meters, everything is. And then we're having the owner actually sign the initial. And we just put a little narrative in our envelope of what we did when mm. we were there. So every day they're signing, they have a, a signed price list up front. They have a signed contract up front. And when we're done, they're signing a certificate for completion. And there's just no wiggle room. I mean, exactly. everything's signed off. There is nothing. Every day I've got a signature. If they're gone for one day, I catch them the next day. And they can see what we did the day before. And they'll initial next to it. And it's done, done like dinner. It's all there is to it. And if they write tech runs to come in, I explain to them, Wherever you want, doesn't matter. I mean, what you don't charge, we're going to go after them. And I tell the owners up front. And we did have a good Z-Lean one that came up. And I told Clark about this. We had a $47,000 MIT job that the insurance company, uh, AAA, said, we've never had one that high. We're only going to pay twenty five. <laughs> we've never had a mitigation at $47,000. That's a lot of money. Yeah, right. So Z-Lean, I went right to them, and they put together, got, got on board with those guys, and they sent out notice to lean right to the owner and right off to the insurance company that within 10 days, that property will have a lien on it. And that owner was 
jumping up and down. And I went and I explained to him, I said, look, I have to do this. I got to get my money. You got to protect yourself. I got to protect myself. I got an interest in your property. It's nothing personal against you, but this is what we need to do to get this thing moving. And I, and this adjuster swore up and down, nothing over 25. That, that's it. Bottom line. Well, guess what? Wait, got triple that. A insurance has never seen a job over $25,000. Okay. Bullshit. Good and, luck with that. Yeah. And what happened, Bob? Go ahead and finish that's your story, fair. Bob. Sorry. Go ahead and finish your story. What happened next? <laughs> it was about three days later. Check came in. Full Boom. Hey, done. So we, so we moved the lien. It was now the lien wasn't on yet. We just didn't have to do anything more because there's just a notice going out. Right. That. Wait, so just the notice. Just the notice. Yes. Z lien will tell you that notice of furnishings. Z lien will tell you from their statistics only ten percent of their jobs ever get to the actual lien being filed. Mm-hmm. It's all in the intent to or the promissory. So they've got the statistics. So. That that was worth it for the year, right, Bob? Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah. Well, they're they're it's not that expensive a service, is it? It's not, and I keep talking about it, and everyone says, "Well, I can just go down and do the lien myself." But who? What else could you do with that time? It's just like yeah, you could write. I mean, God bless you, Tim Fuller, but we all don't have time to write postcards. Yeah. That's something better off for somebody else, so I can go sell. Right? Wait a minute. I'm a sales. Wait a minute. Did you just say that, Tim? That I, I must have missed that. Tim, you write postcards to your customers? He's not on, but yeah, yeah. he writes postcards. That's phenomenal. Like, that's some next level Warren Buffett, like, guru no, shit. Joe, but, Joe, to be fair, he had a service that wrote his postcards for him. Oh! But, he, but then he decided cheap. he could do it cheaper himself. I am not that person. I'm not going to write postcards. No. Well, I, I can make. I can make 10 times the cost of that service by not doing that. Right. And when we start thinking that way, and I wanted to chime in here for just a minute, what, what Joe is talking about, what Tim's talking about and what I talk about. And I swear, I know a lot of people just say, blah, blah. If we stop thinking about ourselves as just freaking technical restorers and about we're a marketing company that does restoration, we can be, we can be passionate. We can have the biggest heart for every customer. But I want to tell you about a, 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 a PM message that I had back and forth today. And this is something I really, I know we're at time, but I wanted to talk about. And it's kind of, it circles this back around. This was one of our Australian brethren. Okay. One of our Aussie mates over there, part of our group, loves it. We've got about 14, 15 of them that are really here engaged. And we're talking about what are your what are your issues in Australia? He's like, and he sent me a commercial that he's filmed, but he hasn't released it. He says, over here, we don't market. We don't advertise. We make relationships with adjusters, and we get all the work we need. Mm-hmm. I said, guess what? That was us six years ago, five years ago, seven years ago. Take heed. Be proactive. Learn from history. That will not stay that way. And, and, and they know that back here, but I hadn't made it around here yet. So right now they're fat and happy and they're taking these leads, but some of them are like, well, what if that happens to our mates in the U S starts happening here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we'll worry about when we get there, then it's too late. So the the public doesn't know what they do. They know to pick up the phone and call the insurance company, send out a, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so 
me and Travis are going to get on the phone with them or get on a, a, a Facebook Live or a Zoom with the Australian group, not to scare, not to freak them out, but say, listen, we got to learn from history. And, and there's nothing special about Australia that means it won't happen to you or won't happen in the UK or anywhere else. But the U.S. was once living off of this dreamlike atmosphere where if you did good work, the adjuster wanted to clear their claims and they would get them back to you. That's not where we are anymore. Even if they wanted to do that, they don't. And it just goes back to if they heard Joe tonight, if they heard Tim tonight and start doing those things today, think about how far ahead they'll be in 2023 when that stuff says, boom, lights out, new game. And they're like, okay, we got to start from scratch. Half of them fall out. And then they start their own rebel group out of a need. Mm of not listening to what the previous people, nobody told us this was going to happen to us a couple of years ago. Right. Um, I don't remember no. any talk about your FNOL is going to dry up. Google's going to manipulate. Google will own the lead system. There will be home advisor and blah, blah, blah. That nobody warned us about that, but we have that opportunity right now to, as one of our platforms is to say, listen, it's in theory. This is true. These are people who do great work, used to do a bunch of money, millions of dollars, but now we can't get seen by eyeballs. So, um, Joe, so one thing, guys, we're about two weeks away from air coming out in a real big way. I'm, I'm just going to tell everybody right now, this is the first, well, probably the fifth announcement. It's about to come. One thing that's going to be there and one thing, Joe, I was thinking about is a series – a video and, and Andy, you know Joe Kowalski from uh, mm-hmm. Service Monster. Yep, a catalog of videos talking about certain topics, much like drip marketing, what Pixel is, what this is, what this. They don't have to be forty-two minute videos. They are today. We come to you. We're going to talk about Facebook Pixel and how this you know affects your business. And it's a short catalog indexed video where if you do want to do that yourself, and by the way, you should but you don't know how, this is how you can get started. And guess what? If you need more information, here are people in the country or here's a service that helps with that. And these are some ideas, but that's the kind of stuff that we need to start working on. It's like, what is drip marketing? How do you actually do that, Tim? I know you talked about it, but you talked real fast. Your phone was dying. I was so enamored. I was so in love with the idea of what you were doing, but I wasn't hearing what you were saying. Tactical things to help everybody become the leader in their market. And of course, if chapters come about and there's six or eight, 12, 15 of them doing it all at the same time, guess who starts to feel the pain? Franchises. Mm-hmm. Big time. So Big anyway, time. I just wanted to tell you, Australia is having, they're having the, the, the wonderful bounty that used to happen here. And the reason why this industry probably exploded because there was great money, great opportunity, great revenue, great margins. Let's all just jump on it. And it started to change. And, and um, so, Travis, that's kind of what I'm talking about. I know we are PMing about that. Um, they've welcomed us to, to open that up and, and give them examples. And, um, you know, some are going to act and some won't, but at least we can say we didn't – we gave them life vests, but it's up to them if they want to take them. And then we got like my go, name. We're going to go to Melbourne, Melbourne or Sydney. Which, Sydney. Which, which should we go to, Sydney? Yes. All right. Captain Kangaroo. Oh, 
Captain Kangaroo. Both. Yeah. Well, all right, world traveler. Not everyone can go to every single country in the world always. No, but listen, if you're going across the pond that far, right? Like, not only are you going to Melbourne and Sydney, but by the way, we're going to freaking Fiji because that's the closest badass island to it. Like, that's just happening. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but, Clark, to your point, right? Like, well, eat- about Australia, though, about Australia. Here's what's interesting, and, and for those who don't know that are going to listen to this, uh, this roundtable, well, <laughs> they, they don't have Xactivate. That's, that's a very interesting piece. But here's the thing, though. They're, the insurance companies there, they're national insurance companies, right? So they're state farms, all states, et cetera. They're underwritten and backed by the same carriers that underwrite and back all the carriers in the United States. Yeah. Same ones. Yeah, Think yeah. about that for a second, the right? AIGs, so there's only there's AIG, Lloyd's of London. There's three insurance companies in the entire world that really insure everything. And it's not State Farms. Like, State Farm is insured by them, okay? Yeah, State so, Farm is insured to this point. Yes, And then it's yeah. all reinsured, yes. By the way, there's a reason they call it a cat. Because when it's a cat, State Farm's not paying the bill either. Just so mm-hmm. everybody understands that. Lloyd's of London pays the bill. AIG pays the bill. They just pay Anyways, the first dollars. Um, but to Australia's point, Here's what's really interesting. They are almost equally 20 years, Clark, actually behind us in all aspects of the, of the insurance world. Get out. Almost two full decades behind us. Um, so, like, for this, this great example, listen, the IICRC, the, the IICRC, right, the only, like, one of the only governing agencies in our industry, just went to Australia at best seven, eight years ago. Mm. seven to eight years ago. So think about that for a second. Like the, our industry didn't even exist in Australia 10 years ago. They were, it just, were they carpet cleaners and janitors? Like the, yeah. Just like it is here. It was here, right? Yeah. So so what's, what's happening is those guys definitely need to take a page from our book. They definitely need to understand like where they're going to end up, no question about it. To learn from our pain. Yeah. Experience well, their own. And just like the, all the rebels here in the United States that are young and just learning and just finding the group, like they're learning right now. But mm. um, guys, we've said it a million times. If, and if anybody has any doubt or question what Restoration 2.0 Air is really about, it's about taking your business, right? We're going we're gonna, to together, we're going to lead around this curve of technology, around the future, and so that you have sustainable businesses for the long term and that you're not dependent on a carrier. You're not dependent on the weather. You're not dependent on a lead source, mm-hmm. right? That's what this is about. It's about understanding how to build a relationship and grow organically. Ultimately, that's what Restoration 2.0 is. It's something that our industry has completely never done simply because it, we were always like, I'll take more, Mr. Carrier, like, like right. no more. You were like, please, sir, may I have another because it was good. It was, it was easy. It was you didn't easy. have to actually get it. You didn't have to earn it. It just came to I you. I just turned my brain off, and the jobs came in. That was it. All right. We're going to use – Joe, thank you, for, thank you for that segue. Clark and I will be in Los Angeles, California on the 24th of this coming month to teach those who will attend the Restoration 2.0 way. And then we'll be in Dallas, Texas on the 29th, 24th, 25th, Friday the 25th, Dallas, Texas, to do the same thing. And we're going to be teaching people a lot of what we just talked about today, how to go get your own leads, how to respond 
to people that are not parties to your contract with your client. How to succeed, as Joe just said, past this next curve in technology, this curveball that everyone's going to be experiencing, we're, seeing, we're leading past that. We're going around that. We're not, well, okay, not around it. We're going through it. Everyone's going to go through it. There's no choice, but we're going to see four steps ahead of it, and we're going to plan appropriately for the Restoration 2.0, the next version of this industry. So Mark and I, I'm, I'm super excited to be down there. Oh, and we, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention OP is having his uh, Restoration Warrior. Warrior, Warrior Weekend. Yep. Warrior Weekend. Uh, immediately following, there's those 16th, 17th, 18th. And there's, I think there's still tickets available for that. Yep. It's um, amazing. It's amazing. It's, it's going to be brown, groundbreaking um, if you attend and, and set your mind right. So that's why we're here. We're, we're not here. For, I'm not here for me. I know Clark's not here for him. I know Joe's not here for him. We're, we can do well enough on our own. We're here to change shit. And that's what we're going to do. We are going to change this industry together. We've got to have our minds right. We've got to be on the same. We've got to, be, we've got to have our marching orders and, and march in step. We've got to have our, our talking points. So that's, oh, I'm, I'm fired up. I'm really fired up that I see Bob here because he's never here. Brian, don't think I didn't see you sneak into the room last minute. I saw you. You're late. I'm going to give you a tardy slip in the mail. You got a postcard, handwritten postcard coming to Brian Roush. Oh, just hit my microphone. So, I love you guys. Good energy tonight. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good dialogue. We had, I haven't seen one flame storm in the group. Has anyone seen a flame storm in recent memory in the group recently? Uh-uh. No. No, man, we're just bringing the knowledge, bringing the help, right? I love it. So take care of each other. Get into, if you want to, if you want to spread the knowledge and spread what you know, get into the mentor program. We talked about that at the beginning of the call. If you're late to the call, Brian. Ah, ha, ha. All right. Get in the mentor program. Or if you want to learn something, get in the mentee program. Learn something from someone who's, who's, who's done it before and has learned through their, their own pain. Otherwise, we'll see you guys in a group, and we'll see you next week. Bless.